TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Badlands podcast, the only podcast out there that is 100% chiseled and is proudly part of the Chair Shop Media Group and is now also available on Smart to Death. I am Mags, and uh, with me for the third week in a row, it's getting a bit of a bit of a regular occurrence. This is uh, my podcast wife, Mr. Paul Tolly. It's the hat trick. I know, you'll, you'll <laughs> need another 17 weeks off after this. <laughs> Particularly as this is all me. Yeah. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be exhausted. Yeah. So how's how's your week been? That's been alright. Weather's been a bit crap, which is not good. Yeah, it's been very on and off here. We've had days where it's been lovely, and then absolutely tipping it down the next day. Mm. It's t- typical. The f- first day, of, first day of the cricket season, and uh, and the clouds come over and the rain comes down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so as you alluded to, we uh, we don't have a guest this week. This is about about you. So basically, you. Uh, missed about three, four months of uh, recording because of COVID. Obviously, um, it, it's just a some something that happened, and unfortunately, it couldn't be helped. Uh, but I, I steered the ship, and uh, we've got you back. So I thought we'd we'd go over the topics that you you kind of missed out on, and and just see what your uh, picks would have been. See if this were we had this kind of similar mindsets. Um, so I thought we'd go over each of the, the topics uh, where we actually did a Mount Rushmore, not a, a, a draft, because I think that'd be unfair for you to, to kind of come up with them picks on the fly. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, you missed a lot of uh, a lot of additions to uh, the, the collated Mount Rushmore. Uh, so altogether, we had 11 debuting guests on whilst you were whilst you're away so that's obviously 44 picks on the Mount Rushmore and uh, now I've, I've give you a, a list of uh, of who uh, got picked but I haven't kind of told you who picked which guest picked which uh which person so uh, let's just go over that now so we started on uh, week 28 well week 28 of the of the chair shop uh, uh, episode so we had uh, Kevin uh, from uh, wrestling retrospective, uh, wrestling figures retrospective, uh, and he picked Sting, Hogan, uh, Lord Stephen Regal. He was very adamant that it was Lord Stephen Regal. Oh, really? Uh, does, that, does that need to be listed separately to William Regal on that? On <laughs> and you assume so. If we, if William Regal's got any picks, no, he doesn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, it's, it doesn't matter either way. But he was incredibly. Uh, um, adamant that it was not William Regal, it had to be Lord Stephen Regal, and certainly not the man's man Stephen Regal. Fair enough, then. So, so William Regal still doesn't have any picks. No, I definitely don't. Uh, and he's also his last pick was a quite a specific one as well. It was Sid Vicious, but uh, the 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 killer Sid Vicious, not the kind of idiot. I've got half the brains that you do, Sid Vicious. <laughs> so again, that was a very specific one. Yeah, <laughs> and not not that I think he's going to get any more votes. So, I think that'll be his first that. and maybe last, unless we get Sid Vicious on the show. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then next uh, was episode 33 with uh, Tiffany from the All Elite podcast. She went with 
HBK, Bret Hart, Will Ospreay, which you'll be quite happy about, and uh, someone who had, again, I don't think they're going to get many more picks, Anthony Gangorn, who is uh, number one on her list of uh, wrestling husbands. <laughs> this was the first time I had to Google someone before putting them on our list. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> Tiffany, I've heard of Anthony Gangorn. Uh, <laughs> I do apologise. <laughs> so then next we had Simon on episode 35, and he picked uh, Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, and Ricky Steamboat. So we're getting quite a few like, debuting picks. Yeah, first one for Steamboat, that. So then straight after that, we had Juice from uh, Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast, and he picked Hogan, Austin, Rock, and Flair, pretty much the standard Mount Rushmore. Yeah. And then Craig from Pro Wrestling Musings, and now um, Wrestling with Statistics, he picked Kenny Omega, Kazuchi Okada, uh, Will Ospreay and Ric Flair had a very New Japan centric one. Very, yeah. I, I, that's the first time I think I've we've seen that a, a very New Japan uh, rush. Yeah, one. and we've talked about it quite a lot, really. Um, mm. So then next we had Scott Robertson from uh, Wrestling Through Laugh, and he picked Undertaker, Edge, The Rock, and Triple H. Um, nice kind of modern, what, you, what, what I'd call a modern Mount Rushmore. There, I think. Yeah, you can tell he's going through, uh, he's basically, his podcast is about watching all the pay-per-views from his lifetime, and you can tell it's, it's, that's it, that's his wheelhouse, he's, he's watching the stuff that he that he obviously enjoyed, and, and it, it shows through on his picks. Absolutely. So then next we had uh, Twitter mum uh, DG, and she picked Eddie Guerrero, Triple H, Austin and The Rock. Then we had uh, Carlos and JPQ for a draft episode, but Carl, JPQ has been on before, uh, but uh, well, he's given his picks before, but uh, Carlos hasn't, and he picked The Rock, Triple H, Edge, and Ric Flair. Fair bit of love for Triple H coming out. Mm, yeah, it was interesting totting up the totting up the scores afterwards. Uh, so then we've gone for Brad Pedderton from Wrestle Rumble. He's gone for Dusty Rhodes, Austin, Hogan, and Flair. Classic. Uh, then Justin from the Worst Wrestling Podcast picked Hogan, Bret Hart, Austin, and The Undertaker. Another classic choice. And then the final one that you missed was Graham Midsley, and he's picked Warrior, Bret Hart, Austin, and Punk. That's quite an eclectic mix. Mm. And, and, a, and a debut for Warrior as well. Yeah. Uh, so all in all, I think... Austin picked up five votes. I think Flair picked up five. Uh, like I said, there were a lot of love for Triple H. He picked up three. Hogan got four. Bret Hart got three. Will Ospreay picked up a couple, but there was a lack. I said a lot of uh, debuts. There were Warrior, uh, Anthony Gangorn, uh, Lord Stephen Regal, Sid Vicious. Yep. So, yeah. We're, we're up to 64 unique picks now. Wow. <laughs> it just blows my mind. I didn't expect that at all. And, so, uh, What's the what's the 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 the, the leading pack look like? It's, it's, it's shaking things up a bit because now we've got um, Hulk Hulk Hogan's got clear air in fourth now. So the, the Mount Rushmore is uh, is Ric Flair, um, always ahead of the pack on twenty nine, The Rock on twenty eight, Austin on twenty six, and Hulk Hogan on twenty. Um, you've got Triple H has just snuck into the top ten, which is which is a uh, pretty. Uh, Pretty notable because he's on. He's had six votes now. 
you've got just 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 off the Mount Rushmore, Undertaker's on eighteen. Chris Jericho, who's an early front runner, is kind of languishing on sixteen. He hasn't has had a vote in a long, long time. Yeah, I, I, I noticed. I, I don't think he picked up any votes in in that whole group of eleven picked. No, so I don't know what's happening there. Mm. It's not Maybe. as if it, it's not as if his, his career has uh, stalled at all. It's it's almost going from strength to the strength. It it may lead into kind of a, a theory that we've had on Badlands that it's if you're a current that you kind of get overlooked and he's probably one of the most relevant wrestlers in the world today. So maybe he is getting overlooked because of that. Yep. He's by far the highest fully active um, in, in our, in our poll with 16 that the next fully active member is, is Kenny Omega. Who's in 20, it was in uh, 19th place. And with how many votes? Three. Wow. So, so it's a massive disparity in votes. Yeah, everyone above him is uh, is is retired or semi-retired or, or unfortunately passed away. Yeah, so it, it kind of does lead into like all these theories we had at the beginning of uh, of how we thought that this would this Mount Rushmore was going to go seems to be ringing true, really. Yeah, yeah, I'm, lo- I'm loving seeing how this takes shape, and and you know every few months it it starts to take a new shape, and that's that's always surprising. Yeah, it's, um, I, I love the fact that we came up with the idea. I'm keeping my eye on this little battle between uh, between eighth and ninth as well. The the, the all time classic Shawn Michaels Bret Hart. Really? Shawn Michaels on twelve, Bret Hart, uh, Bret Hart on nine. So uh, wow! But he snuck up because Bret was really languishing at one point, and it seems he, he snuck up quite a lot. Yeah, yes, he, he started collecting quite a few votes. I don't know where that where that's come from. I don't know if uh, if there's been a, a bit more coverage for Bret recently. Not not that I've noticed. Mm, yeah, um, I mean, the only thing I can really think of is the the um, dark side of the ring episode about about Owen. Maybe of that course, yeah. refresh, refresh people's memories. Yeah, could well have done. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. So we've got a lot of topics to cover, um, so let's let's delve straight into them. Uh, like I said, the first topic you uh, you was absent for was uh, wrestling literature with uh, Kevin from Wrestling Figures Retrospective. So um, I thought we, with this episode, we could basically just give you the opportunity to, to put forward what would have been your two picks. Uh, we're not obviously going to delve as deep into it as we would in a, a regular Badlands episode because we'd be here all day. Uh, but, yeah, uh, we'll just go over what two um, picks you would have put forward. Excellent. Okay, should I start with should I start with literature then? Yeah, let's go with literature. Episode twenty eight. Okay. Have, have you read many wrestling books? Uh, quite a few. Yeah. Uh, some See, I've, I've read more than once. Yeah. So there's only there's only one I've read more than once. Uh, I've I've actually I've, I've sat down thinking about this uh, this topic over the last week and realised I haven't read many. 
I don't, I don't know what the reason is for that because I, I do like having a read. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I've read more than once is kind of the one that really started the boom in wrestling literature, I think, which was Mankind. Have a nice day. Yeah. I just... read that in I read that in one sitting the uh when it when it first came out. It was just one of those books that you just couldn't put down. Yeah, it was a thick book as well. Just... Little words. Yeah. Little, yeah. little uh, typeface. <laughs> <laughs> you must have been there for like <laughs> you must have been there for two old days. No, I've I've got this knack of being able to speed read quite well. So uh, can you read in times free as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that might be where the podcast listening come from, the fact that I can read fast and I can <laughs> listen fast, I suppose. But yeah, it was uh it was a really, really interesting book. Uh it was one of my picks. Uh I think it was my first pick actually. Um yeah. and it was uh I love the way he kinda described how we lost his ear in the match against Vader, uh how he dug into WCW's crappy booking decisions. Uh, and then telling us how he actually lost his front teeth. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a really, really good book. He enjoyed it. I, I think the thing that sets it apart from from anyone else's, or well, anyone else's that I've read, is is Mick Foley's an author. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like it, it would have been his career if he wasn't a wrestler. Cause it is, you know, his uh, his turn of phrase and his sense of humour that comes through his writing is it's just a joy to read it. Yeah, and, it, and it's and it's good that he's gone on to pen quite a few books afterwards. Even I think he even does like children's stories as well. Yeah, he did that. I I bought his um, first novel, which was uh, was it called Titan Brown? I think. All right. Yeah, it was it was a decent read. Um, it was it was about wrestling, and uh, it it was quite um quite gory in places. But it, it was much good. like I mean, his I, matches. Yeah, but I remember it, it was it was a good novel. I enjoyed it. So if that would have been your first pick, what would have been uh, your second pick for this topic? Okay, well, I'm going to go with um, something that I would be absolutely lost without, lost without on this show, and that's my w- WWE encyclopedia. Oh, I know I've shown Jesus. you on camera a lot of times. <laughs> this book has been on the on, has been on Five Nerds more times than Paul's been on Five Nerds. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen someone so attached to a certain book. I love my I love my WWE encyclopedia, and my WWE encyclopedia is so tattered that I've now got a second one. <laughs> oh my! The exact same book. It's well, it's 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 about a year or two published oh, about a year or two later. Edition. So in my first one, my Charlotte section is like a quarter of a page, just just not enough Charlotte Flair. Now she gets like a double page spread. So oh wow, I'd have ripped that page out. <laughs> so, so the amazing literature of the the WWE encyclopedia would have been it, your second pick. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good, but it's it's very interesting. I just like flicking through it and just remembering people you completely forgot and finding out facts that you maybe didn't know about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they are books. It does count as literature, so I can't really knock it, and I'm not being able to veto anyway. So. Um, <laughs> The only other two I've read is um, Jericho's Lion's Tale, which I really enjoyed, mm-hmm. and uh, Jim Smallman's so- I'm Sorry I Love You, which was okay. a good good kind of concise history of wrestling, I guess. Well, uh, the, the other picks I went for was uh, Ring of Hell, which is the story of Chris Benoit. I think I mentioned it a few times, uh, and how that was the fall of the pro wrestling industry. Uh, I picked the Hitman's uh, My Real Life in the Cartoon uh, World of Wrestling, and... Uh, 
the death of WCW by Brian Alvarez and R.D. Reynolds, which is basically a look at why WCW collapsed. And whew, it it was it was bad. The they signed. Um, do you remember the rapper Master P? Yeah. They signed him for a million dollars to show up on one episode of Nitro, and then gave his buddy Swall four hundred grand to wrestle. And he only got he only got used a couple of times. It was just horrific. Joking. Uh, yeah, that money, that uh, company was out of control in terms of spending. Um, so let's go on to the next episode. After that, we had a uh, you was you was uh, available for the Josh and Stu uh, episode, uh, and then we had a draft with Jamie about uh, catchphrases. Uh, so then the next episode where we did a Mount Rushmore was with Billy Collins uh, and we did um, the Mount Rushmore of referees so who uh, who would have made your pick this was the toughest one I had really? yeah really, really tough I've only got I've only got two picks in it and and even then they're not I haven't got anything remarkable to say about them really <laughs> it's probably good I wasn't on this episode um, I, went, I went for red shoes I mean, I didn't go for it because I, I knew Billy would bring him up, and yeah. uh, so I avoided red shoes. But yeah, uh, I red, did. Red. I, I, I had my four picks for this straight away. Did uh, you? Yeah, I love that red shoes. Just like, just a bit, red shoes basically makes up his own rules. <laughs> like you, 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 you can cheat pretty much as as much as you want, but there, he does have a line, and rather yeah. than disqualify, he just says you can't pin. Yeah. If you cheat, you can't pin. He just but the match shakes continues. his head and like, no. Yeah. <laughs> and his uh, his kind of diving count is just a a joy to behold. Yeah, he's a uh, he's he's an amazing referee. He's one of the shining lights of New Japan. He kind of like brings you into the company. Definitely. So who would have uh, joined Red Shoes then? Oh, went for real Hebner. Yeah, I, I picked Hebner. He's just he's just synonymous in kind of every WWE memory I kind of have. Well, not everyone, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the classic moments, Earl Hebner seemed to be the referee. Yeah, uh, I had Hebner. Did you know he, he actually got fired from the WWE for um, for black market merchandise? <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, he's printing his own shit? Yeah, and selling it, yeah. <laughs> Him and his that. brother. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so the picks I went for, like I said, that I found this relatively easy because I knew who I wanted to talk about was uh, Tim Watt. Uh, if you remember, he was the referee that uh, threatened to kill himself quite a few times with uh, the lunchtime suicides with uh, Josh Matthews. I have uh, no idea. Who is that? I have no idea who that is. He's uh, the short, stout one with a, a brown hair and a, and a beard. He, he owned a bar called The Friendly Tap, and it kept getting smashed up on, on episodes of Raw. No, I'll have to Google. I'm sure I'll recognise him if I Google him. You will. Um, then I went for Charles Robinson, obviously, a little niche. Oh, yeah, um, good one. yeah. Uh, I had Earl, Earl Ebner, like you did. Uh, and then I went for Tiger Hattori, who, uh, who had just retired. So, yeah, good pick. Good pick. I also um, liked, um, I liked uh, Teddy Long as a ref. Yeah, uh, I think because I'd, I'd brought him up in uh, as authority figures on a on an episode as well, I thought, well, I'll keep I'll steer away from from Teddy Long this time. Yeah, fair enough. 
Um, so next we had uh, Chad from View from the Top Rope, and uh, we went with something outside of wrestling. We went for video game series. So who, uh, which video game series? So obviously that means series of games where there's been more than one uh, edition. Uh, so what would you have picked? Was this, was this not wrestling video game series? It could have been wrestling. It's up to you. Oh, it could, it could have been anything. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let me let me let me rethink this through then because I put wrestling ones down. But I, if I was picking all time game series, I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put wrestling on. Um, I, my my favorite when I was growing up was Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. Particularly particularly one one through the three, absolutely love Tomb Raider, and kind of that those games remind me of kind of first having a PlayStation. Yep. So um, I'd like to find some way you can you can play them. Because they they weren't on the um they weren't on the, the the little PlayStation reissue you could get. Are they not on PlayStation now? I think they're on PlayStation now. With the originals, I think so. Oh, I'd have to go and check. Uh, but I'm sure uh, the, I'm, if I remember rightly, the PlayStation Five is going to be backwards compatible with with all the games uh, from the other generation. So you might be able to play them on that. That's a selling you, point if you get one. Uh, so what I would have joined Tomb Raider. I think FIFA. Oh, bold choice. Yeah. Is it though? Like, FIFA is just, it's just the game, isn't it? Like, we always, like, before before online compatibility, I'd always be around my mates playing FIFA. Like, that's, that, that, was, that was what you did, have, have, have some beers and play FIFA. And now when it's gone online, you, it's kind of like... You stay at home and play FIFA. Stay at home, <laughs> drink beer and play FIFA. <laughs> It's, yeah, just, but, it's just an easy go-to game, isn't it? Yeah, it's, I, I didn't even contemplate any kind of like uh, annual sports releases. Uh, I'm not a massive FIFA player now. Uh, I, I don't think that it's really improved since like FIFA like 14. It's literally just updated names and a slightly better graphics. I don't think it's really needed to, though. No, I, I, they, I understand. They kind of just hit the perfect formula now and... Like you said, just just look prettier each time. Yeah. Um, the last the last one I um I concentrated on taking Stevenage to the Premier League and signing Gareth Bale. That was my aim. And did you pull it off? I pulled it off, and I f- I signed Gareth Bale and finished mid table. And I just I had no desire left after that, and I haven't picked it up again. <laughs> I'd, I'd achieved my goal. <laughs> well, you you'd done what you set out to do. I wasn't interested in silverware. Just just Gareth Bale. <laughs> wow. Uh, so the ones I went with, uh, my first pick was uh, Metal Gear Solid. Oh, what uh, a pick. Yeah, there's been absolutely tons of games in that series uh, over all the, the consoles. Uh, then I went with Streets of Rage. Okay, yeah. Uh, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, brilliant pick. And then Uncharted. I've never played Uncharted. Well, if you're like Tomb Raider, you'll, you'll love Uncharted. Yeah, I know you can play those ones on um, on. Uh, yeah, you can get you can get the collection, yes, no. uh, the HD collection, which is all all the first three, I think, and then the fourth ones on uh, PS4 anyway. I think I'll check those out. I probably would have come up with better answers if I'd have, if I'd have understood the category. <laughs> so, what would you what did, were your picks if it were for wrestling then? Well, I I, I struggled with this one. I had the smack the original Smackdowns yes. for PlayStation One and Two because they were they were brilliant. Yep, they were. 
and I had the the THQ Nintendo ones. So uh, No right. Mercy, then yeah, WrestleMania no two thousand. Great picks. Um, so then after that episode, we had Tiffany from the All Elite podcast, and we were going over AEW stars. Now I know you're not a, a big watcher of AEW, but I'm sure you you recognise some of the wrestlers on the show. So who uh, who would you have gone with? So we've gone Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. Um, because I just think he, from what I saw, he made that that kind of first year of AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, he's brilliant champion, Le Champion. Um, uh, to say I'm uh, a huge fanboy of his, he, he was not one of the people who I went with. Uh, but no, because I, I I I think that there's whilst he's been absolutely amazing, he's been he has like give the company legitimacy. There's other other wrestlers who I thought have uh, done better in terms of uh, kind of being a star than he has. No, fair enough. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, you, you watch it more closely than me, so you, you know better than be, better than me. Um, and then I picked Hangman Page. Mm, um, the one I didn't pick. You didn't pick? No. So um, I was for like, being a New Japan fan, seeing Hangman Page uh, when he was when he was on the on the New Japan roster. I just always thought he had everything to become a major star, and to see him in AEW becoming that major star is pr- pretty cool. Yeah, it definitely. Is. Not wasting his talent, and they, AEW are not wasting his talent. It's, it's great to see. Yeah, and it's good that they didn't thrust him straight into that the 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 main picture. They've they've allowed him to to kind of grow. I think we've mentioned it on a podcast previously. They've, it's good that they've allowed him to kind of grow his character and and really connect with the audience. Yeah, definitely. You see, you see, you see a lot of stick on um on Twitter for AEW for. Um, for putting their world title on the XWWE stars. But I I think that's absolutely the right thing to do right now and let Kenny Omega grow within the company on AEW's cameras. Let Hangman Page do the same. Um, Their time time will come when everyone is more familiar with them. Yeah, it starts that legacy for the title. Uh, If the title has such big names uh, attached to it from the beginning... Everyone who has the title after that is kind of given the rub uh, from from that, and the title means a lot more. So I, I think it's it's been a great decision. Um, the guys who I went with were uh, picked Darby Allen first. I think he's been absolutely outstanding since uh, since starting with AW. I went with Cody Rhodes, even though I'm not the massive Cody Rhodes fan. I think he has kind of booked himself into a, a really prominent position. I went with Moxley, who uh, obviously. Uh, kind of like the same vibe as Jericho. He's uh, really uh, took that old WWE kind of um, name and and really added it to to being the the AEW champion with it and kind of added to that legacy. Uh, the last one I went with is a a bit of a cheat. I went with uh, Jurassic Express. I think uh, if you'd have said in in um, in 2020, I'd be enjoying watching a six foot seven bloke dressed as a dinosaur, uh, a former actor's son as uh, looking like a Mowgli gimmick, and a five foot two child like uh, character in in Marco Stunt. I would have I would have laughed at you, but uh, it's amazing to watch those three guys. They just <laughs> the chemistry they have together. It's just it's brilliant seeing, even though they haven't really been kind of featured in terms of like big storylines they're so so popular and you, they're just a joy to watch i do like luchasaurus 
Um, I, I haven't I haven't seen the other two um, yet, but um, yeah, Luchasaurus. Every time I've seen him, I've been a bit blown away, to be honest. Yeah, he's, for what for someone who's six foot seven, the stuff he can do is amazing. Yeah, no, no pick for Orange Cassidy. No, uh, we. I think I think uh, Tiffany picked Orange Cassidy, but I didn't. Uh, I like Orange Cassidy. I like the I like the shtick of it, uh, but. Yeah, I, I think those those have made more of an impact for for me. Um, so after that, we had Sam and Powell on, and we uh, discussed the Mount Rushmore authority figures. And I mentioned that uh, that I'd had Teddy Long uh, as an authority figure, and he, he was he was here on this one. Uh, but before we get to that, who were your uh, your authority figures? Mine, mine were dead boring, but I think they're the best at doing it. Um, Vince McMahon and Stephanie McMahon. Wow, they are very, very boring. I had, <laughs> I had Vince McMahon, um, but I, I actually uh, we took we covered this topic before with a with a guest previously, uh, and I kind of that went off my own notes for that. But I also added a few, uh, so I went with Teddy Long. I went with uh, Sheriff Stone Cold Steve Austin because that just still cracks me up now. Him, him rocking around with a sheriff's badge pinned to his T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I went with Eric Bischoff. And then I went with the anonymous uh, general manager. You went for uh, the anonymous one? Yeah, I thought it was a, an interesting gimmick at that, at that time. I mean, obviously it was in the time when I missed a lot of the wrestling, but after going back and seeing it, I thought it was actually a really a good idea of having like a laptop there and a, and a, an email beeping going off and uh, an unknown person like kind of changing the, the matches around and stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought it were a, a good idea. I suppose it was good actually. It, it, it was it, like, like most things it was, it was sullied by how, how, um, how anticlimactic it was, I guess. Yeah. That, that's the problem with a lot of WWE storylines is there's no end goal. Yeah. There's, there's no pathway to how it ended. I think, uh, ordinary, I think originally the plan was for it to be Hornswoggle, uh, but I think it was just one of those things that WWE realised had finished and then it died of death. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just went Vin, Vince for um, obviously f- f- for his part in uh, Mr. in Mr. McMahon versus Austin, which is just le- which is just legendary. And um, after I think Stephanie's a great foil for any face. Yeah. Um, she, she she just gets the best out of, she gets the crowd hating her, and yeah. and, and <laughs> not a lot of people are very good at doing that anymore. But no. she, but she is. I had um, I enjoyed Vicky Guerrero for a similar for similar reason. No. Yeah, I'm... yeah, I like Vicky Guerrero as a as a as a GM, and uh, and I like William Regal as well. In yeah, he just Regal's just a good pick. Just because he's no nonsense and he's a a real authority figure, which WWE have been guilty of not having before. It's always had to be a heel or someone who turned heel in the end. Yeah. I also like uh, John Laurinaitis as well. Uh, I John opposite Laurinaitis CM Punk. On yeah, I had John, John on man. Um, so after that, we had uh, Juice, uh, Justin from Juice Pro Wrestling Podcast, and we discussed uh, the Mount Rushmore of inanimate objects. Uh, so things that aren't really allowed but are given kind of a character. Um, so who did you go for? I think the, the my first two are, are the 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 most blandingly obvious ones. <laughs> really? 
Well, I, I went for the urn. Okay. What character has the urn got? What, what do you mean? It's like inanimate, like like things that were given like as if they had a, a laugh of their own. Oh, have I misunderstood inanimate? I mean, you can you can have the urn. <laughs> I guess it. I guess it was it was a power force, wasn't it? Yeah, I suppose it it controlled it kind of controlled the Undertaker. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's iconic in itself. And then I went for a head. Head. I had head on man. Uh, yeah, head's a, a great pick. Head was um, crazy. It's like, I remember. I've, I'm sure I've seen footage of like ECW in the past where virtually everyone in the crowd had a head. Yeah, they. Um... Um, Paul Heyman used it as a selling tactic when when uh, Al came up with head. I think he'd spoke with, um, I think it was Mick Foley, and he said, "How do I get over?" And Mick Foley said, "You you you give the booker some head, so meaning obviously you suck him off." Yeah. But he took Al Snow took that literally and, and got a mannequin head, uh, and it was so over that the week after. Uh, Paul Heyman basically sold these these polystyrene mannequin heads to the crowd, sold out like hundreds and hundreds of them, and then would collect them after the uh, the the show was over and sell them again the next week. <laughs> yeah, it was a, a massive uh, a massive selling point, and yeah, it was. I think without head, he wouldn't have got over in WWE. He needed that kind of gimmick. Definitely, and it was around about that time that WWE, I'm not sure what the relationship was, but WWE was showing clips of ECW on, yeah, on Raw. They, they and, were, and, it was almost like a feeder company at that time. Uh, yeah. Vince was, was basically bankrolling ECW. Yeah, and, and Al, Snow was very, Al Snow and Head were very prominent in those, in those clips. Yeah. And, so he already yeah. came in with a massive... Uh, like a lot of intrigue and a, and a massive following in, into WWE. Yeah, and how can you forget head cheese? <laughs> I love head cheese. <laughs> I, was, I didn't uh, get that joke for a long, long time. <laughs> when I was uh, when I was talking to to Juice, he didn't remember head cheese. Um, didn't remember head cheese. No, uh, and he didn't remember the, the skits uh, that they used to have uh, for TV shows. Do you remember those where? Uh, there were uh, travelling detectives going through time. Uh, Blackman dressed up as Dra- Dracula because he had the personality of a dead guy. <laughs> or where they had uh, Steve Blackman doing um, stand-up comedy in a nursing home. Blackman was brilliant. Yeah, he, <laughs> so he was a, such a good file. Absolutely yeah. such a good file. Yeah. And he cut one of my favourite promos of all time as well. Um, I'll, 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 I often share it on on, um, on Twitter. Just, <laughs> just when he uncontrollably screams at the end, it's all very monotone and measured. And then at the end, he just screams one word <laughs> to, add, to add a bit of a, to add a bit of um, power to the promo. Um, so my picks were um, Santino Morella's Cobra. Uh, I even broke out the rap. <laughs> uh, then I had Moppy. Uh, Perry Saturn's Moppy. Yeah. I See, also... I didn't like Moppy because what? I didn't like Moppy because I just felt I just felt like Perry Saturn was the joke. Well, Moppy was actually a punishment. He he beat up a, a jobber. I think yeah. he, was he called Mark? I've got it up actually. 
uh, Mark Bell. He beat up this. Uh, he went stiff with this uh, job called Mar- uh, Mark Bell, and he was punished by having this uh, this brain damage gimmick where he fell in love with with a mop. Uh, and she was actually called Moppicu Mopperson. Really, <laughs> I didn't know she had a full name. But it wasn't even the only mop that he had. And obviously, you know that she got strapped to a a log and wood chipped by a Raven yeah. and yeah. and uh, yeah, he had uh, he was tagged in with Scotty too hotty afterwards, and uh, he couldn't get over his loss of Moppy. So Scotty wanted to like get his uh, Perry's head back in the game. And he introduced uh, Perry to a new mop called Moppy Too Hotty, <laughs> which was literally a mop with the sparked up bristles. Well, oh, I love what, it. What do you call? Are they called bristles? I wouldn't have thought they were called bristles. <laughs> Don't know what they're called on a on a mop. And the, the way he thanked Scotty Too Hotty was by saying, "Worms are good dancers because they're slimy." <laughs> Brain damage, that's what happens. Yeah. Um, the other pick I had was uh, Bray Wyatt's puppets. Uh, that's from good a, yeah, from a, a, a pretty lackluster year in terms of character building, I thought that The Fiend has been one of the better things for, for WWE and that his Vince McMahon puppet is brilliant. I, I love it. It's, it's It just shows that Vince is maybe not as kind of behind the times and oblivious as we all think no he's not and he he, he know he knows who to trust as well and he knows he can trust he knows he can trust bray wyatt with to to be creative i, I wouldn't trust half of the wwe roster to be creative myself no exactly <laughs> <laughs> so is, then, is Vince a favorite of his puppet uh i'd like the the pig yeah not the pig What's it? I've I've just took, I've closed the page down as well. Uh, I can't even remember the page now. I like I like the rabbit as well. I don't think I'm I don't particularly like the the buzzard. Um, no, I like the buzzard's voice. Yeah, <laughs> the, but I, I I like how they're all like different parts of his character. Like obviously Mercy the buzzard was uh, Whaler Mercy, who his character was based off. Then you've got Rambling Rabbit, which uh, I think was his kind of metaphor for his his vision of wrestling and how he could never really get what he wanted. And then you had the, the pig was when he, he was kind of fell out of love with wrestling and put on a lot of weight and stuff like that. Uh, so yeah, it's very, they're very personal to Bray. Yeah. Levels. Very much levels. Uh, so then after that, we had Scott Robinson from the wrestling through life podcast. And we discussed, uh, the Mount Rushmore of national pride, so wrestlers or gimmicks that uh, have like a, a national theme to them. Yeah, well, I think we I think we talked about it last week. Um, Heart Foundation for mm-hmm. me is 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 the best example of that. Um, <laughs> during their whole um, their whole Canada versus USA feud, if you like, um, just. Just that, as I said, as I said last week, that whole year where they were heroes in Canada and in Europe, and then absolute dirt villains in America, mm-hmm. it was just so clever. And yeah. I don't think they've, I don't think they've been able to replicate that since. Great pick. Yeah, uh, it's not one I had, but uh, no? it's very good, very good pick. It's one that Scott had. So who's next? Who would be the second one? Uh, 
think you have to go bulldog, really. Being so, British, got to go for British bulldog. So bulldog, you need to ask. Yeah, did you pick bulldog? No, you bulldog was in the. Of the course, he was. Edition. Yeah, yeah. I picked bulldog twice. I didn't even for, realize it. For someone who who kind of like abused bulldog and and took him out as 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 often as he could, you've you've slipped him <laughs> in twice in one go. <laughs> but. It, it was special in the nineties. Didn't it was special having the British Bulldog, wasn't it? Yeah. If it, it felt like it just felt cool, just having he, this British guy he, in his he, Union Jacks. He should have been the first ever British WWE champion. Oh, definitely. If only he's kind of like demons and um, and like hot shot into him from WCW. Um, I think he would have been a champion. He would have been someone who WWE would have relied on. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So I went with um, Larry Zistance as my first pick. Okay. Yeah, I went, good pick. I went with Yokozuna for the second pick. Right. I went with Lance Storm uh, for the third pick. Uh, in his all, um, his like Canadian hero um, era in WCW, where I think he held like three titles at once and renamed them all. Uh, one was the Saskatchewan Hardcore International title, which obviously <laughs> spells out shit. Uh, the Can- the Canadian Heavyweight title, which uh, was the the US title, and then uh, the Cruiserweight title. I think he renamed it to like the the a hundred and five pounds or oh, the hundred kilos and under title. <laughs> um, then didn't he, do, didn't he do Team Canada in in WWE as well? Yeah, it was part. It was part of a, a group with. Test and uh, it was the Un-Americans, Test and Christian. Of course, yeah. And then the last one I went with was uh, Ludwig Borger. Uh, Who's Ludwig Borger? Well, he he only had a a, a short-ish stint in the WWE, but he was... He was from actually from Finland, and he was very uh, all his like ring gear had like the Finnish badge over it, and it was someone who Vince put a lot of like hope into. He was uh, it was actually pinned to to win the nineteen ninety three Royal Rumble until he got injured, which then was won by Yokozuna. Uh, yeah, he beat Tatanka in uh, after he'd been uh, unbeaten for two years. Uh, the reason why I picked him is because he actually went back to Finland after after wrestling to become a politician, uh, but then went a little bit mental. Uh, he got uh, addicted to drugs and drink while still being a, a politician. He called the Finnish president a lesbian uh, after she won the election. Uh, that didn't get him sacked as a as a politician. He still was able to to keep his job. He got a tattoo of the uh, Nazi SS sign on his leg. Still got to be a politician. Um, shots were fired in his apartment in 2003, and a police uh, search of his office found steroids. Still, uh, had his trial actually live on MTV. Uh, in TV. Yeah, <laughs> MTV music channel. Uh, he was found guilty, got a fine and a suspended sentence. Still wasn't sacked as a as a an MP, uh, but in 2010, he uh, after being actually uh, put on disability uh, because he he was like so dependent on on alcohol and, and drugs, he actually ended up sh- shooting himself. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, so I went with Ludwig Borger. A very Wild dark, life. A very dark, yeah, a very dark end to his uh, to his wrestling laugh. Crazy. My my um, I was considering it, but it wasn't really a national pride gimmick. It was just a national pride moment, but uh, just a really weird one. I uh, I loved it when um, John Cena announced that Osama bin Laden had been killed, and there was a massive cheer. Yeah. <laughs> And it was so American and kind of so ugly yeah. as a moment. Right. And he used really hor- like really weird words to say it. We, we what did he say? We caught him and brought him to an incomparable end or something. Mm. <laughs> Just mental, absolutely mental. Uh, so uh, on to the episode with uh, with DG uh, Twitter mum, and it was about ridiculous storylines. Uh, yeah, I had, I had some fun with this one. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> go on, let's go with you first, though. Which would which would have been your two picks? Well, I'll shoehorn it into absolutely every episode I ever can. This bo- big boss man stealing Big Show's daddy. Big Show's dead daddy. Um, Great pick. I had the boss man, but not that one. Which one did you have for the boss man? I had Pepper the Chihuahua. <laughs> yeah. I mean. We said it before, but you could have a Mount Rushmore boss man moments. Because yeah. boss man being hung by Undertaker is another <laughs> ridiculous moment. And boss man when he was late for running into to attack Stone Cold Steve Austin as well. <laughs> <laughs> Love big boss man. Uh, and I went for, um, I went over, went over the TNA land. Um, picked AJ Styles and Claire Lynch. Oh, well, that was... was one. I actually researched that one, but I didn't actually bring it up. But yeah, that was horrific. Just an absolute shambles of a storyline. Yeah, it just, it just was like a fart in church. <laughs> so was it AJ Styles? Uh, first, it was rumours he was having an affair with um, Dixie. Dixie Carter, but then it turned out he and Dixie were just helping this random drug addict, yeah. Claire Lynch. Then, then, then Claire Lynch announced she was pregnant, and AJ Styles was the illeg- illegitimate father. And there was a video um, where essentially AJ Styles was sexually assaulted, <laughs> and and then it all turned out she wasn't pregnant anyway. Yeah, just just a horrific, horrific storyline. <laughs> at, at no point during that storyline did they think of. Just, just pulling it and yeah. burying it. It just made no sense. We're seeing this um, through to the end. So I went with sexual chocolate, Mark Henry. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the the main part of that is him having a, a hand with a yep. <laughs> as a child with May Young. Yep, it's uh, on my list. <laughs> but the, the you have to actually go back way before that to where he was a uh, a bit of a Casanova and a, a sexual deviant. He uh, he was wooing China, uh, and actually convinced China to to go out on a date with him. Uh, but he ended up uh, having um, an extra relationship affair with a uh, with Sammy, which was China's friend, uh, who actually turned out to be a bloke. Um, oh, yeah. a, tran- a transvestite. <laughs> God, about that. He then uh, he then went to uh, therapy for for uh, his sexual deviancy, where it, it turns out he uh, he lost his virginity at eight years old to his sister, <laughs> who he still was sleeping with and only just finished sleeping with two days before. 
So after that, obviously, we got May Young and the hand. Uh, and then to keep this storyline going, and this is very rare for WWE to have such long-term booking, on uh, Raw 1000, which was about 12 years afterwards, uh, Hand Henry actually came back and was a full-grown human adult man after yep. 12 years. <laughs> well, who, who knows the rate of growth of a hand? Exactly. Uh, so my second pick was uh, was Gene Snitsky uh, punting uh, a doll into the crowd. Yeah, that was pretty bad. When he uh, when he inadvertently caused Kane to uh, kill his own child when he Jesus when Christ. they had when they had Lita uh, pregnant, Lita who we had uh, basically forced into marrying him and sexually assaulted, and Kane ended up being the good guy in this storyline because of uh, of what happened with Gene Snitsky um, and his disgustingly brown yellow teeth. Ugh. <laughs> Then I had the, the previously mentioned Pepper the Chihuahua where uh, Al Snow ate his own dog. Classic. And then another one which uh, I, I don't even know how this came to mind, but it's such a, a, a an interesting storyline. I went with Gillian Hall's uh, Mall. I don't, I don't know this one. Do you, remember, do you remember Gillian Hall? I remember Gillian Hall, yeah. She used to sing the anthem. Yeah, and she was also like... Um, Kind of a sidekick for JBL and Orlando Jordan in the cabinet. She was like their press officer. Yeah. Uh, but she had a a great big mole on the side of her face. It almost looked like a, a brain, uh, all pulsing and veiny. Uh, and like people would look at it and she'd demand that they look at her eyes, not uh, the mole. And then uh, during a, a feud with Boogeyman, uh, JBL uh, was in the ring with Gillian and Boogeyman came out, grabbed the mole, licked the mole, then bit the mole clean off her face. Uh, then he would, uh, oh, and I'm watching this back and it actually makes you cringe. He would suck the mole, because obviously Boogeyman had no front teeth, so he could see the mole in all its glory. He'd spit it out, stroked it, squashed it in his hand and put it back in his mouth. Um, and oh. magically, the week after, Gillian Hall was on the show with no mole, but also no scar tissue on a, on a very flawless, mole-free face. <laughs> that's disgusting i've never i've never even i've never seen that and i don't think i want to you need to google it because it, it is absolutely horrific yeah. i think intrigue will get the better of me um so then after that let's go to uh the episode with callum from ringsiders and we discussed face and body pain it actually started off as just face painters uh but um over the over discussing it with Callum, we uh we up the ante to body paint as well. So, okay. which two uh, wrestlers stand out to you as uh, wrestlers with face paint? Okay, it went Ultimate Warrior. Yep, because one of my picks. I don't think anyone our age hasn't had the Ultimate Warrior face paint at some some stage in our life. I used to do it with toothpaste. <laughs> toothpaste. Yeah, <laughs> when I had no face paint, I uh, did it with toothpaste. So you never suffered with spots then, because uh, toothpaste it's, is great for spots, isn't it? It stung. You know, with, with the, <laughs> the menful aroma, you end up with red eyes. <laughs> Was it at least Aquafresh, so you had the different colours to play with? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
you know, I didn't even, you know, I can't even remember that far back. I just remember looking in the mirror, drawing on the Undertaker sign on my face. <laughs> didn't colour it in, obviously. I didn't want to. I didn't want to look mad. No, 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 not at all. No, so you had to have the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Um, and then I went for Kishin Liger. Oh, interesting. Not just because, so rapid. Just because it's, it it was so rare and so special when it came out. And and at times just looked positively terrifying. Yeah, great pick. Uh, I went with um, the Ultimate Warrior. I went with the Great Muta, who uh, he was the first like real person to really use um, um, face paint as part of the gimmick, and yeah. each kind of like different color represented a different gimmick of his. Yeah, uh, and then I had Legion of Doom. Obviously, being a, a Legion of Doom mark, I had to bring them two up. Uh, and then I had Finn Balor, who uh, kind of started um, experimenting with uh, face and body paint when he was in, in New Japan, uh, and obviously has brought that out to WWE with with the Fiend. Yeah, yeah, I had Finn Balor as well, and uh, Goldust I had as well. Yeah, um, I had I had Goldust as like as a, a reserve, uh, but I, I just felt that these these picks kind of meant more. Um, so yeah, that was a. That was Callum and, and face and body paint. So after that, we went yeah, to... Sorry, the other, the other one I considered was Kamala. Just because... Okay. Just because... He, drew, uh, on his, drew on his tits. He drew on his tits. And apparently there's a, there's a special configuration of his action figure mm. where, the, where the paintings on his tits are in a different order. That's really, really valuable. Yeah, uh, I should have really brought that up with uh, Kevin from Wrestling Figure Retrospective. Yeah. He, he probably would have known more about that. Um, I think it's the rarest figure ever or something. It's just one of them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I couldn't tell you what the configuration is. So, like got... moon, moon Star Eclipse, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yep, so then after that, we had rolling back the years. This was with Brad Pedersen of... Uh, Wrestle Rumble, uh, which is a, a website where they do giveaways for for wrestling belts, and uh, basically it's a, a bit like a, a sweepstakes. You pick all the results of a of a certain pay per view, uh, answer a few bonus questions, and you can win a, a legitimate uh, replica wrestling belt. Wow! Yeah, um, so we went with rolling back the years. Uh, Basically, any wrestler that is currently active and they are 40 years plus. Yep. So I've got Brock Lesnar. Okay. Because I just think he's the, the best spectacle in wrestling we have. Um, I, can't, I can't say any more than that. <laughs> he's, just, he's just a phenomenal, one-of-a-kind athlete. Yeah, it's a um, great pick. It's not so. And I think because he wasn't around when I was doing the the research, he just kind of like drifted out of memory, I suppose. Yeah, well, I guess he's he's semi active, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Brock Lesnar, and then I've got um, Hiroshi Tanahashi. Oh, interesting. Just because um, he's still capable of having having the best match on any any given card on any given night. Yeah, um, he's pretty much the the Japanese John Cena. Definitely is, yeah, and and you know he's world champion as 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 recently as last year. So, so and he's in a great tag team at the moment with Kota Ibushi. Yeah, current uh, IWGP tag team champions. Yeah, I mean we know the, the Japanese wrestlers will go on until 
50, 60, 70. So he's, he's got he's got a whole other career in, in him yet. Yeah. Well, uh, the four I went for are AJ Styles, who uh, I think right now is 43 years old. That's, that's, um, that's ridiculous that he's 43. Yeah. and You can't still, watch him in the ring and think he's 43. Yeah, he still looks like he's got 10 years to go. Definitely. Uh, then I went with uh, PCO, who is 52. Yes, a good shout. Yeah, especially when he had his he had his uh, his major running WWE back in like the early nineties, and retired for such a long time, and then then came back in in two thousand eleven has been absolutely extraordinary for the last almost decade. Yeah. Um, then I went with another uh, Japanese one. I went with Minoru Suzuki, fifty one years old, and still is probably the scariest person in wrestling. Definitely. Um, and then my last one, I've, I, I, any chance I get to strong arm this guy in, I will do. I went for Chris Jericho, who is uh, 49 <laughs> years old. <laughs> I knew he'd be in there. He had to be in there. The, the reason I didn't go for Suzuki is I feel like he's tailing off a bit now. I, th- I think that's more... I don't think that's him in terms of of uh, ability. I think that's more his standing in, in New Japan. There's a lot of rumours that is he has had a falling out with some of the the upper management uh, oh, really? to the point yeah to the point where there was talk of him maybe leaving New Japan. Uh, I, mem- I remember seeing those rumours. So um, maybe it's that maybe he just doesn't have that passion. Maybe it's just the way he's been booking. I mean if you watch his match against Nagata uh, from the New Japan Cup, that isn't the kind of a match of someone who's who's like at the tail end of the career. I think there was someone like 350 uh, strikes in the whole of the match. That's more <laughs> than that's more than like any AEW wrestler has done in the whole of uh, 2020. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, I, I'd be I'd be glad to be proven wrong. I felt like perhaps he got uh, the the. Um... The feud and final match with Liger was perhaps his his swan song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. his swan song without retirement. But but hopefully I am wrong, and he's gonna have another stellar year. I'd I'd like to see him, especially if, uh, when wrestling gets to come back to the West. I'd like to see him uh, maybe in that US title uh, picture, or even back in the Intercontinental title picture. I think he he's, he works really well as a. a a bastard heel champion. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So coming into the tail end now, we've, uh, we've got Justin from the worst wrestling podcast and we spoke about, uh, tag teams, but current tag teams. So these tag teams have to be, uh, have to be still active now. Uh, so which two tag teams did you go for? Okay. So speaking of Minoru Suzuki, I've gone for dangerous techers. Because who doesn't love Zack Sabre I, Jr.? I love that tag team. I absolutely. <laughs> Tachi is amazing, but add, add uh, Zack Sabre Jr. to it, and it's just brilliant. Zack Sabre Jr.'s kind of cockney banter, insulting, is just <laughs> it's just it's so amazing. It's and it's it's not even the in ring uh, work that that is the best, even though that is really good. It's the post match interviews that uh, New Japan put on their YouTube. Uh, you'll have um, 
Tachi obviously being like the the cocky heel, and then he'll say to Zach, "We've had a really good match today. Uh, I'll take you out for some delicious vegetables." And it just cracks me up every time that <laughs> really playing on the fact that Zach's this, the Zach's a vegan. Uh, it's just so hilarious. They work so well together. They shouldn't work well together at all, but they really do work well together. They are brilliant, and I, I'm really hoping that there'll be a tag team for a while and then there's going to become this moment where Suzuki does retire and it's and got to be one of those two for for uh, either make it Taichi-gun or, Sa- or Saber-gun mm. and uh, that, that, yeah. <laughs> when, oh, when both they, of them together Tekka's-gun Tekka's-gun that'd be, that'd be brilliant so who was the, the other pick for you? so staying in Japan and uh, uh, I went for pro wrestling Noah's Axes Hmm. Um, made up of uh, of Goshizaki and um, and and uh, oh, Katsuhiko Nakajima, um, who are current, they're not tag team champions at the moment, but they're currently the the world champion and the national champion, which are the two kind of main belts. But still, just this brilliant tag team together. So much, so much character, so much, um, so much charisma, and kind of the two shining lights of of pro wrestling Noah together. Yeah, I'm. I'm... To my detriment, I haven't watched enough Noah to really uh, to give an opinion on him, but it's something that I really should start watching is is more Noah, more old Japan. It's just finding the time. Yeah, that's, that's what it is, isn't it? And I've, I've really gone um, gone deeper into it because they were still running shows during mm-hmm. um, during, uh, during coronavirus season and uh, New Japan weren't. So, so I kind of Got a, got a bit heavier into it, but yeah, they're they're phenomenal tag team. So the picks that I went with, I went for the first pick. I went with the Briscoes. It's uh, so a team who I've known about first a long time, but only really got into over the last say three or four years. Uh, and yeah, I just love the 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 character, the kind of like hillbilly shtick that they have. Uh, but looking into like the stuff that they've done as a tag team, did absolutely. Outstanding. A current record of 11 times Ring of Honor champions, Ring of Honor six men champions, never open weight six men champions, uh, RWGP heavyweight uh, tag team champions. Uh, Jay Briscoe has even been uh, a two time Ring of Honor champion himself. Um, then I went with the Gorillas of Destiny, obviously, uh, one of the, 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 the teams that really dragged me into New Japan. Um, then the New Day, I mean, you couldn't oh, really, of course. Yeah. You couldn't really have a, a Mount Rushmore of of current tag teams without mentioning New Day. Uh they're just absolutely glorious to watch. Uh and then I went with the Young Bucks uh for, for the last pick. Again, another another team that are, have literally done it all outside of WWE. Uh PWD uh PWG champions, Ring of Honor six men champions, obviously Ring of Honor tag champions, RWGP junior tag champions seven times. Uh they went moved up to and got the heavyweight titles. Um, then they were uh, never open weight uh, six men champions, I think twice with Kenny and once with Marty Skirl. Uh, two-time Wrestling Observer Tag Team of the Year, and now obviously EVPs at, at All Elite Wrestling. So yeah, they were my four picks. Yeah, they were they were my they were my third choice, Young Bucks. And I'm kicking myself I didn't pick New Day. I don't I don't know why I overlooked New Day because they would have been a pick for sure. 
And then the last one, the last topic is uh, with Graham Midgley, and it was um, the Mount Rushmore of female wrestlers. Yep. And is this currently active or? Well, I went currently active. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if uh, if um, with with Graham, he he kind of went on a an all time vibe, but I went for for currently active. Yeah, I went for currently active. Um, obviously went for Charlotte Flair, and I can't be vetoed tonight. So um, Charlotte Flair, um, best women's wrestler um, that I've seen in in the world at, at, at the moment, and in in the shout in kind of in the mix for best just best wrestler. Full yeah. stop. Um, and. Oh, who should I go for? I got, I got, a, I got a choice of, of of others. Again, I think I can't really look beyond Becky Lynch. Yeah, it makes sense. Just, be, just because again, she she's just become a massive superstar over the last year, um, and really kind of transcended wrestling a bit, and and got got some got some really good popularity outside of the wrestling world. So, yeah, it's it's hard to, I mean, in terms of wrestling ability, maybe she's not the best, but she's, she's probably in my eyes, I think she's the weakest actual wrestler in the whole of the, the WWE four horsewomen, but she's the best character. Yeah. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I would put it a four for out of the the four, but exactly as you say, best, the best character out of the four. So, Um, I had um, uh, well. Let me let's hear yours first, and then I'll uh, tell you who else was on my list. I had Io Shirai, uh, who is arguably the best wrestler in the world right now, uh, regardless of gender. I had Hikaru Shida, who uh, is absolutely lighting it up as uh, as AEW champion. Um, I had Becky Lynch as well. Again, not not particularly because of her wrestling, but more because of of what she's done for the business. Uh, and then Jordan Grace, who I think uh, has absolutely excelled as this kind of uh, thick, uh, thick mama pump character, and kind of brought a, uh, a legitimacy and uh, a technical skill to to women's wrestling that that was was kind of sorely needed. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a great that's a great choice, Jordan Grace. Uh, I also I also had because they they're active, but not so much anymore. I had Mickey James and Natalia just for their careers. I mean, Mickey James is, is still, I think she's still on that main event or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I just think they both had outstanding careers and kind of were keeping women's wrestling going in WWE when it was in the, in the gutter. Yeah. And Nat is one of those wrestlers who, she may never be the most decorated wrestler, but she's someone who you can always rely on to, to put on a, an outstanding match. She's your go-to, yeah. And and when she went down into NXT and fought, um, and fought, certainly fought Charlotte, and I'm thankful she fought some of the other um, horsewomen as well. She made a real kind of contribution to their to their careers. I think. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, she, they learned, learned a lot from her. And uh, she's still, uh, I think she's still heavily active in 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 teaching a lot of the the WWE girls about wrestling now. Yeah. Yeah, I think she's uh, very underrated, very underrated. And then I, I, I had to go for kind of a, a home choice or a homish choice because she's Irish. 
Um, I'd, I'd go go for Sesha Moff Martina, <laughs> just because she's built such an amazing brand for herself. Yeah, she's there. She's probably one of the most recognisable wrestlers that 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 um, perhaps people have never seen wrestle. And she's she's absolutely killing it as well in Japan. Well, what she was. Yeah, killing it in Japan. I'm sure she'll kill it in Ring of Honor when uh, when she's allowed to go back and they're allowed to run shows again. Yeah, if if I were to if I were to pick uh, a kind of homegrown, I think I would have gone with Millie McKenzie. Uh, what that girl can do at 19 years old is absolutely unreal. Yeah, yeah, great athlete. Well, so that is all the topics that you missed, done and dusted, sir. Excellent. I had another. One. I had European champions as well. Oh, that was a draft. That was a draft, uh, was it? That was a draft oh, okay. with Clav uh, with, um, from Rick and Clav. Uh, who would you have picked? I, well, I, would, I would have picked British Bulldog again uh, to, make up for pass, to make up for passing discretions. <laughs> wow. I've, uh, I've basically spent the last three months thinking about British Bulldog and thinking how I've uh, done him wrong. How you've, <laughs> how you've shit on him. <laughs> but my other pick was D'Lo Brown. Because I don't think anyone's ever mentioned D'Lo Brown on on Badlands, and uh, I thought he's a, he was a great European champion. Yeah, I I think I had D'Lo in my picks. Did I? Yeah, it was the my fourth pick. Um, he's, he's quite um, he's quite involved in training. Is, is training a lot of wrestlers now? Is is in WWE or is he somewhere else now? I think he's in. I think he's in. I want to say TNA. Okay. I think so. Yeah, uh, for the draft uh, ones, I went with um, William Regal, Bulldog, D'Lo Brown, Triple H, uh, Midian. If you remember yeah. Naked Midian. Naked found, Midian. <laughs> uh, this was before his Naked Midian character, though. He actually found the title in uh, Shane McMahon's bag, if you remember. Um <laughs> And because Shane had retired the title uh, unbeaten. Uh, but I also had Shane, Mark Henry, uh, Jericho, who had it for one day. Uh, he, he, if you remember, he had the the triple threat at WrestleMania 2000 with uh, Kurt Angle and Benoit. Yeah. Uh, Kurt dropped both of his titles. Yep. Yeah. Uh, even though he didn't lose in any of the matches. Uh, he Jericho lost it the very next night on Raw, though. I also had Spark, Dudley, Test, Jeff Hardy, RVD, uh, DDP, Christian, Hurricane, uh, Triple H, uh, no, HBK, who was, uh, he actually was the inaugural champion. Uh, he was actually meant to lose the match to British Bulldog in uh, Birmingham, but um, the, this, uh, the, the story is that he uh, the bulldog wanted to win the match to send the fans home happy and also let um dairy boy dedicate the win to his sister uh tracy who was battling cancer but uh hbk politicked and got it to uh to where he won the match and and that it would build heat for a rematch a rematch that didn't happen because uh Triple A, uh, HBK won the the WF title in the in the Montreal Screwjob and and then gave away the 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 European title to Triple H in a kind of a um, finger pork of doom style match. God, he stinks, doesn't he? He's on, he was <laughs> just looking back at some of the stories and he was such a twat. <laughs> the worst. 
so I also had Al Snow, uh, Kurt Angle, obviously we just mentioned in the WrestleMania 2000 match, Eddie Guerrero and Matt Hardy. Fine selection. That, that, that must just be all, all the European champions. <laughs> there was actually 27 European champions. Okay. And how many did you need to draft? Uh, well, I, it was 10 each. Yeah. So I picked 20 just in case yeah. Clive had the exact same 10. Uh, the ones I missed out, I think I didn't pick. I didn't pick X Pack. I didn't pick Val Venus. Uh, I didn't pick Perry Saturn. Uh, Bradshaw didn't pick. Uh, Rob Van Dam, who was the last champion, I didn't pick. Um, but I did do a quiz for Rob, uh, for for Clav. If you want to have a go at that, the Come quiz. On, let's have it. So this was a uh, was based around. Uh, WWE Tiles Championships. Okay. Um, so the first question, on the European title, how many European flags were there? Ooh. Ten. The answer's 14. 14, ah. But for a bonus point, how many countries have more than one flag on that belt? How many countries have more than one flag? Yeah. So there's some countries that have two two of their flag on the on on the belt. A, a repeated flag. Yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, Switzerland. No. Oh no, sorry. Yeah. Um, oh no, no. This is for a second bonus point. Switzerland do have a flag, but it's not. Okay. It's not not a repeated <laughs> one. Oh, you asked how many countries, didn't you? have repeated flags yeah in so if there's 14 uh let's say f- three countries there's three it was germany france and portugal portugal that's a weird one yeah so for a second bonus point can you name the rest of the the countries that have a flag so there's two four six eight oh, not a chance like no. Switzerland. Switzerland. Um, you said Italy and France were in... No, you said Germany and France were... Germany, France and Portugal. So, so Italy? Italy are not on it. Italy are not on the European title? No. No. I doubt we were on it, were we? We are on it. Are we? Two, yeah. Okay, Switzerland, UK. Uh, Netherlands? Uh, nope. No. Uh, Iceland? That's a nice flag. Nope. <laughs> a similar flag to Iceland's on it. Finland? Nope, no Finland. Sweden? Sweden are on it, yeah. Sweden on it. What's a similar flag to Iceland? Um, Czech Republic? Nope. Czech Republic, similar to Iceland. <laughs> Same colours. Uh, oh, I'd give up. So the ones you missed were Greece. Okay. Norway. Ah. Oh. Republic of Ireland. Right. And Romania. What a random selection of <laughs> European <laughs> countries. I can't even name one Romanian wrestler that's no. ever been in WWE. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you still get representation. Yeah, and Italy is a big a big miss out on there. Huge. I'd love to know the grounds on... There must have been a, a selection process. Yeah, surely to God. And why did Germany, France and Portugal... Portugal got two picks. 
I've no no idea, no idea. Um, so, question two: Who was the champion when the WWF in, introduced the Orville style Attitude Era Intercontinental Title? Jericho. No, incorrect. Oh, China. No, it was The Rock. No. It was, uh, it was unveiled in 1998, March 1998, and it was uh, after Austin had given up the title, uh, give up the IC title to chase the world title, and he threw the, the, the IC title in the river. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. Um, so next we spoke about the Divas title. Uh, which two wrestlers were tarred for the, amount of, the most amount of reigns with the Divas title? Ooh. Uh, Michelle McCool? Nope. One is pretty obvious. It's, and the other one I would have not have guessed in a million years. Pretty obvious. Um, Divas, who was Divas champion? Uh, one of the Bellas? Nope. It was AJ Lee. Was it? Yeah. I thought she just had one really long reign. Uh, and the other one was Eve Torres. Ah, okay. So uh, this one obviously was, um, it may have changed since because it was about the 24-7 title. Uh, <laughs> but how many non-wrestlers have won the 24-7 the title? And that doesn't include retired wrestlers. So like Gerald Briscoe winning, it, it doesn't count. So they have to be known for not being a wrestler. Oh, I'd have no idea on this. Just guess a number. Five. That's actually not a bad guess. It was actually six. Uh, uh, um, Enos Cantor from the Boston Celtics. Uh, DJ Marshmallow. Um, Michael Giaccio, which was the accountant for WWE. Kyle Bush, the, the NASCAR driver. Santa Claus. And uh, Mark Rome, the announcer. <laughs> so... Uh, Question five was about the uh, NXT tag team titles. Uh, so the undisputed era are the combined uh, record holders for the for the title with six hundred and six days at the time of of writing over the three reigns. But who holds the the second spot in combined reigns? Um, the revival. Oh, it's actually not a bad guess. It's a, a tag team that did really well on NXT, but absolutely stunk when they came up to the main roster. Alpha. Um, unlucky. It was the Ascension. Oh, um, the Ascension. So then next we went with the UK title, the NXT UK title. Yeah. Uh, at which event did Pete Dunne win that title? Um... Take over Chicago. Correct. Good. Yes, good that's my first, my first one. So, question seven: We went with the uh, WWE Undisputed Championship. Um, who had the longest run with that with that title? And I think it was only around for about nineteen months. But uh, who had the longest run as champion? Lesnar. Oh, that's actually not a bad shout. It wasn't Lesnar. Uh, it was actually Chris Jericho with 98 days. Really? Um, so for a bonus point, there were six people who held that title uh, mm. before Eric Bischoff uh, re-split the titles up with the when he brought back the, the big gold belt. 
Um, can you name who those six people are? Obviously, Jericho's a given. Not a chance. Jericho, Lesnar. Lesnar, yeah. Undertaker? Taker, yeah. Angle? No, Angle oh. never held that title. Um... The Rock. The Rock. Two more to get. Triple H must have held it. Triple H. One more to get. Uh, uh, it was his last title. Oh, it was the last singles title in the WWE. So I'm sure he's held the tag team titles since. God. He's like a bad smell. Just won't go away. <laughs> but not, not the big show. It's really easy, like a bad smell that won't go away, but <laughs> no, it was Hulk Hogan. Uh, I I can't remember if he won it or not. He, he lost it to The Undertaker. Um, yeah. Question eight Who was the last ever WWF women's champion and the first ever WWE women's champion? So she was the champion when we, they did the name crossover. I don't know what year they did the crossover. 2000. Okay. Um, Two thousand. Who was who was around then? Molly Holly. Not a bad show. It was actually jazz. Oh. Um. Or a good wrestler. Yeah, it's still going now. I know. Uh, question nine. Uh, there have been four, well, they were, at the time there was four. Uh, I think you could specifically count five now. Uh, four wrestlers who have had custom versions of a WWE world title uh, and used them on, on WWE programming. Can you name them? How many were there? There was four. I mean, you can count five with, obviously, with Bray Wyatt's uh, mask towel. Yeah. So but Before that, there was four. So Austin had one. Austin had the smoking skulls, yeah. The Rock had the Brahma Bull one. The Rock had the Brahma Bull, which is actually only on on TV for one day. Was it? Yeah. Uh, Cena had the spinny one, didn't he? Nope, that's not. That wasn't uh, specifically for Cena. Was it not? Nope, it wasn't customized oh. for him. If you remember, when Punk had it, he kept the title, and then the title stayed in circulation for about ten years. Oh, who else had a custom world title then? This, there is a spinner in there. Is there? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Edge had the rated R spinner uh, title. Okay, yeah, of course he did. And Daniel Bryan had a wooden title. Oh, fuck, of course he did. That's like last week. <laughs> <laughs> right, so this last one really stumped Clav. Um Did he do well on the others? Uh, I think he ended up with all the bonuses. I think he went end up with about seven points. Okay. Well, if I got one? No, I think about four. Okay. <laughs> um, so the the US title has got a lineage that can be traced all the way back through WCW, uh, even into the NWA and the Jim Crockett promotions era. Uh, but there are currently six wrestlers who are tied for the record number of reigns. So that, that record is five. So there's six wrestlers who are tied with that record. Ric Flair is one. Yep. Lex Luger, Bret Hart, and Wahoo McDaniel. So there's two left. 
and these are the only two who've actually won the title whilst it has been in the WWE. Okay. Can you name those two people? So they have to have five reigns, but these two have all—they've not only won it in WWE, but they've—they're the two of the six that have that have won it in WWE. Right. But they won it elsewhere as well. One of them has, yeah. Yeah. Which could which could give you a clue to who it is, but there's also a red herring in there. Harley Race. Harley Race is not one of them. Ugh. Who's won it lots of times? When would Harley Race have won the the WWE US title? Wasn't he the first US champion? I dare say that he was, but not in the WWE. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I think Cena's won it lots, hasn't he? Cena is one. Yeah. So who's the one who, who's won it elsewhere? They've won it in the WWE as well as elsewhere. Yeah. Cool. Um, Ron Simmons? Has he ever won the US title in the WWE? <laughs> I sense by the tone of your question, he hasn't. No. The the That's red herring was Booker T. He's actually <sighs> won it four times. But the actual sixth name is Chris Benoit. It's, it's what? It's Chris Benoit. Chris, Chris Benoit or Booker T? No, Booker T was the red herring. He's won the title four times. Oh, right, okay. So Chris Benoit has won it five times, oh, obviously, in, in WCW and in WWE. How many times has he went in WWE? I don't remember. Uh, he, he had the the best of series, didn't he, with, uh, with Booker? Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I, that, I'm glad I did that quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Further, further cementing my uh, lack of knowledge and credibility to be on a wrestling podcast. <laughs> so, well, this has been fun actually, uh, catching up and getting you up to date with uh, with everything that's gone on uh, in your absence on Badlands. Yeah, I enjoyed thinking about it, and uh, it just blows my mind how how many topics were covered while I while I was away. Yeah, it, it seemed to fly by so quickly, though. I mean, it, don't, it does not seem like you missed so many episodes. No, it's gonna. We're gonna look back. It's gonna be a very, very weird year to look back on for the rest yeah. of our lives. Yeah, twenty twenty can literally just finish for me. Yeah, <laughs> just I, I hope it don't, don't all come back again. But yeah, well, uh, there's re- there's reports that uh, that bubonic plague has been uh, has been found in China. So yeah, that's gonna be fun. That could come and save us all. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, well, this has been fun, Paul, but it's time for time for the go-home. Can you nail it three weeks in a row? That's pressure, isn't it? <laughs> Thank you for listening to uh, this, this very special Badlands. We're just a, just, a, just the two of us old amigos. Um, I've enjoyed it. I hope, hope you've enjoyed it, Darren. I've loved it. Yeah. Um, so just time for me to tell you about where you can you find loads more of great content. Um, you can find um, you can find me at Rain Counter on on Twitter and at Five Nerds Go, uh, the the, uh, the the wrestling podcast about nothing. Uh, you can find the good man beside me, uh, Darren at D 
Dej Kirkby, that's D-E-J Kirkby. And you can also hear his, um, his other great podcasts where he uh, talks about wrestling fandom on um, Why We Watch and MMA on Five Rounds Pod. And they're both on the Visionaries Global Media Network. Um, you can also find um, kind of some of our, our old episodes that have been released on uh, the Smart to Death Network. If you want to go back and, and kind of find out how the how the early Mount Rushmores were looking. Um, and you can find more hard-hitting pro wrestling opinion, uh, analysis, news, and more on the cheershot.com or at Cheershot Media, or by typing Cheershot Radio Network into your podcast engine of choice, where you'll also find us every single week with another Badlands Mount Rushmore for you to enjoy. Um, until... Until you hear us next, stay safe and always use your head. Chairshot.com. Always use your head.